Yo, this is the ancient Texan. First week of December. Well, this one, um, I just heard a song. Keep the Wolves Away by Uncle Lucius. And it stirred up a lot of memories. And this is going to be about why I have an affinity for the working poor. Back in 1967, my dad had a heart attack. Um, he tried to work, walk home a block from his shop and he was having trouble against the wind. So my brother went, was 16, and walked in front of him to block the wind. My dad got in the car and went to the, see the doctor. And the doctor put him, sent him to the hospital because he had had a heart attack. Uh, stayed in there about a week. Got out, bed rest had nitroglycerin pills to when he'd feel the pain coming on. After he was there a few weeks, I was a sophomore in college, a math major. Started asking questions like, how am I gonna earn a living? What, what do I need to major in and how do I get money now? My dad worked at a garage and he got $100 a week for 20 years in a row. And the boss kept sending his check, the 100 bucks. And we didn't know how long that would hang, you know, last. Then the church bought my dad a phone, said be right there by the bed. Of course, my mom said, well, after they left, well, who's paying for that phone? Of course, it was us. So, and the church did give some us more money, but we're, realized we're living on borrowed times. Um, I went to the copper smelter. Well, first people told me that I could get a job at the smelter. Uh, if I was a metallurgical engineering grad, I said I didn't want to drive trains. They said that's not what they do. Went over there and saw a professor, and he looked at my grades and said, well, he'll give us like a $500 scholarship. In those days, that's quite a bit of money, and school's only a few thousand a year, a couple thousand. So that was good too, and he said, I'll help you get a job, and he wrote a letter to Bill Kelly, the smelter manager. I got an appointment over there, took it to Bill Kelly, sat down, talked to him, asked me why I wanted a job. I told him my dad's in bed with a heart attack. He said, okay, you can have a job, I'll call you when you get started. As I left, I didn't see it, but the car behind me got a brick through the window. Did I mention I walked across a picket line 
miners worker union striking. Well, a day or two later, the smelter guy, Bill Kelly, plant manager, called me and said, um, "You know, we don't, we don't want to start you now. It's not, not safe." And I told him, "Well, not safe is not having food." He still said no. So my dad had applied for disability and they came and said, well, after you're disabled for six months um, and the doctors all sign off on it and it clears, blah, 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 uh, we can give you some disability pay. My dad asked, well, what the hell am I supposed to do to now? You know, we gotta eat today. And he got out of bed the next morning and went to work. And he told me it's going to kill me, but I don't have a choice. Then, a couple of weeks later, he died from a massive heart attack. And I'm, I'm the one that found him, but that's, the, that's another story. So, I drove out to the smelter. Went and saw, went across the picket line, saw Bill Kelly, told him, I need the job now. And he said, why? And I said, I'm burying my dad tomorrow. And I promised him that I'd take care of my mom and brother. So I need to start now. And so he asked me why I was out there before the funerals. And I said, because I have a promise to keep. And I said, I can start on Wednesday. My dad's buried tomorrow. said okay so he told me what time to come and who to see <sighs> and I started working I changed recording charts all over the plant. It was a large copper, zinc, lead smelter, smoky SO2. It was kind of the picture you have of a smelter, not the clean ones they have today. I'd get up every morning at 4.30, seven days a week, drive into the plant, stop my car because I barely able to stay awake I'd fall asleep and the guard would come over knock on my window wake me up give me about a 15 minute nap 
and I'd go suit up, put my boots on and my mask and my helmet. And then I would tell myself one step at a time. Typically before the sun came up, I was walking into that that smoky smelter. I'd get through about eight o'clock, then I'd go seven thirty something, and I'd go to my first class over college, and I'd stay there until you know I got through all my classes. I'd sleep a lot in class. Then I'd go back to the smelter, work for a few hours. I was on Social Security, but they started taking a dollar away for every two dollars I made, and I looked at how that was going to work out, and I just told them to keep it, because make my own money. Then I'd go home in the evenings and study, learn to stand up, study. I also got through my bachelor's degree in three and a half years. Because I was on a mission, get out, make money, take care of the family. Although I ended up getting married and my mom pretty much made it on her own after I left. I'd studied, and when I couldn't stay awake anymore, I'd learn to stand up and study and lean against the wall. And your knees would buckle, and then you'd wake up. And I'd sleep for three or four hours, get up at 4.30 and do it again. Saturday and Sundays, I got any kind of special projects done I needed for school. So... When I see the COVID or any time I see working poor and not being able to make it, I understand what it means to just be right there. I'm not crying for me. <laughs> crying for my dad and my mom who busted their ass their whole life. They barely made it. My mom was pretty damn good at saving money. She actually managed to save money on the kind of income we have. Sometimes she worked as uh, in a nursing home and got a dollar eleven an hour. I carried pay stubs of my dad and mom around with me forever. I laminated them, kept them in my wallet. I wanted to remember my roots. So wealth inequality is really personal. Oh, pardon that, uh, kind of losing it there. There's a lot more behind that story, but that's kind of the highlights. So I've 
kind of a believer when people bust their ass, go to work every day, provide a valuable service, and live in a country that would create billionaires every second. Amazon guy makes a billion a week or something more. It, it's unfathomable to me how much wealth is accumulated at the top and how that leaves so many people hurting. And it's just a matter of uh, the rules that we make. We've got a whole blog on that. We set the mathematical rules in place that allows that to happen. And there's nothing people say, oh, it's not capitalism if you don't have a like a if these guys can't make a whole truckload of money well we're not talking about them not making a whole truckload of money they still would make a whole truckload of money because you could move double the pay of the like the lower 20% and you barely see a ripple in the than their level of income. Because a lot of the money that gets sent to the people at the bottom goes right back into society and buys stuff. So it takes something to make that stuff, but it's the marginal cost of production. It's not the full cost. We do a little economic someday. Then they pay taxes on that amount. So it does cost something. Andrew Yang did a, you know, the basic income. He looked at that and the actual cost of it is pretty minimal. It's not a matter of whether we could or not. It's a matter of whether we believe the people at the bottom deserve to be paid well. We want to put the people at the top and say they deserved it. They worked their ass off. Well, first, the people at the bottom probably work their ass off more when it's food on the table. And some of them have a lot of ability. Um, There's a lot of luck involved with me breaking out. You know, I was pretty good at mathematics. Kind of a native gift, so that's an ability. But if I didn't get a friend telling me to go see the people at the metallurgy department and the metallurgy department, the guy liking me and writing me a letter to get me a job. And then Bill Kelly let me come to work across the picket lines. Um, I was proactive, but there's a lot of things could have gone wrong in that story. I've had a lot of good luck in my life. You know, success is luck and is opportunity and effort put together luck plus effort to get success and we tend to think that we're deserve what we got but you can deserve what you get and it can really be crappy too a lot of stuff came together for me to get out of 
the working poor. My brother never really did. <clears throat> A few of my friends did too in my neighborhood. They went to metallurgy with me. They're a year younger. About half of them made it and about half of them didn't because none of them were in advanced classes like on math and science and stuff like I was. And this whole story, the luck of how I got into that too. That's just weird twist of fate. It's, it's a good story. I'll put it on the list. Anyway, that's my two cents about, you know, the working poor and what I think of working your butt out and people argue about $15 an hour wage. Do you know how little money that is to live on? Anyway, you need to be there to get a feel of it. This is your ancient Texan. Namaste. Yo, this is the ancient Texan, an earthling, hoping we all can learn to live and play well together on this small and delicate planet we call home. May we all honor the sacred and our fellow inhabitants. Namaste.